still. I was busy cleaning shoes and watching for Rosa bringing the eggs. Then I went to prepare Tessius's bath. You know the routine. He likes me to mix the oatmeal into the water. Light. When I went into the room, it was all silent. Usually he talks to me. He doesn't expect me to answer, just listen. But this morning, he didn't say anything. That's when I noticed that he was still in bed. I drew the curtain aside, and there he was. Maddock looked up at her, all puffed up and purple. It looked like death by poison to me, he said, then bent again to his task. I called Menander straight away, but he wouldn't come at first, said he was busy with the accounts. I was hoarse by the time he arrived. I wish you'd seen his face when he saw old Tessius. He went to tell Mistress Lucilla, then she sent me to fetch Quintus. And I saw a chance to escape. Eva shot a glance at the archway leading into the house. It's foolish to run away now, she said, jerking her foot out of his hands. You might as well confess to murder. Why did you pick up the knife? It was stupid. She shivered and hugged herself. Killing your master meant death. So did attempting to escape, not only for them, but for the others. Stiff and wide-eyed, her kitchen companions watched them in silence. Pontius, Decius, Duranda, Fatima and Lucius. A crash. Angry voices. The old woman, Fatima, stared at the corridor into the house, but Eva could see that the noise came from the road. A wagon had overturned. No one looked at the villa. No one approached. No soldiers with swords drawn. Tessius's death was still a secret. Decius stared at the vegetable knife he was holding, as if he had never seen it properly before, then began hacking at his fetters. The others followed his example. Pontius turned to free Fatima. The shadow of the nomen crept through the next quarter as the slaves worked on their chains. Their luck held. No one came from the house. The iron chinked as it dropped from Eva's ankles. Four years she had worn it, day and night. She rubbed the scars. Her legs felt loose and shaky, but she must move. Maddock was already climbing out of the window. The gods be with you, he said to the others as he left. Fatima opened the back door that led into the orchard, then to the ploughed field, and beyond that, to the marsh, where you could disappear without trace. Guiding the others outside, she nodded to Eva. Be safe. Eva jumped from the sill. Crouched next to Maddock, behind a dense laurel bush, she peered out at the garden path. Where do we go? Where do we head for? Eva said, shivering. The bright sun did not warm her. Shh! Maddock pointed to a dark figure coming in through the gate. It's the doctor, he whispered. Lucilla must have sent for him. Wait until he goes into the villa. Then we'll head for the road. The man in his dark scholar's gown went into the house, followed by his retinue of assistants, carrying bags and boxes and a live cockerel. Fearful cries came from the house. Eva and Maddock ran to the road. Wait, Eva said, darting back. She dug at a little patch of herbs near the portico, at the foot of the statue of Flora, her own patch of the garden, given to her by Master Tessius after she had cured him of a fever. 
Eva, we have to leave, now, Maddock called, running back to her. Not without this, Eva muttered, shaking soil from a small leather pouch. The door to the villa opened. Maddock shoved her behind the statue. Should have sent for me sooner, the doctor called over his shoulder. He threw down the rag he was using to wipe his hands, and it landed in Eva's patch. Mistress Lucilla, sobbing, wiped her red face with her shawl. I shall know more when I have examined the body, the doctor said, keeping his distance. He straightened the folds of his cloak and said, with a look of distaste, Menander will see to the rights. Keep the cadaver as cool as you can. Lucilla threw back her head, wailed, then snuffled into her robe. My men will collect it in the morning. What about that powder? Lucilla asked in a broken voice. My husband was always...